um, social media videos, invites, emails, all that works. But at the end of the day, it's it's the one-on-one conversations. And what works is actually understanding their gifting. We also know as a team, this is our number one priority. So when you say, how does our volunteers know that? It's because the team's calling, they're emphasizing. Um, and we always say, try not to waste any minute of your texting or calls. So they go over the rules every huddle. They go over the rules at every email. So I walk them through the safety procedures, how they would get the test drive stickers, how they would get a guest sticker so that they're even seeing the security team. So all that kind of rules that hopefully all the volunteers know, whether they join the team or not, they're helping me spread that news to the entire church, you know, um, because that rule is very clear from the beginning. Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and today's episode, I get to chat with my new friend, Catherine. Catherine serves as the pastor of kids ministry at Mariner's Church in Southern California. Catherine and I get deep into the weeds of all things volunteers. She and her team need about 300 volunteers every Sunday, so that means they are constantly building, training, and celebrating their amazing team. You will even hear my own personal story of how my family attended Mariners, and I was so impressed by their volunteers that I had to send an email and thank their staff for the amazing work that they are doing on Sunday mornings. So whether you have a team of 20 or 200 volunteers, you will love this conversation. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to share about two ways that we equip you as kids ministry leaders to train your teams. We have two YouTube videos that you can pass along to your team. One is for large group teachers and one is for small group leaders. They are the perfect addition to any training, onboarding, or an encouraging email. You can head over to the Kids Ministry Circle YouTube page to check out these today. Now on to my conversation with Catherine. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I am so excited that you're here. Uh, we've interacted briefly over Instagram, and I feel like we're friends of friends. And <laughs> my parent, my parents get to attend your church every Sunday, and so I'm so excited to be here. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself, talk to us about how you got into kids ministry and where you're currently serving? Yeah. Well, my name is Catherine. Um, I got started. I have a husband who we've now been married 14 years. He actually was the first to start in ministry. So I know Lauren, we talked a little bit about it, but having a partner who bleeds um, the local church definitely is one of the reasons I'm in ministry. Um, and then I have three girls, 11, nine and four year old. And so how they were being discipled matter a lot to me. Um, how did I get in? I would say when I first immigrated to America from Korea, my parents lived at church. It was like their one safe place. Um, it was a place where like language wise, they didn't have to worry all that stuff. And so I think I was there four times a week, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And at that time they had no like programming or anything like that. Um, but the area that like I naturally hung out was in kids ministry. And so from there I started serving as a kid, they would put me in charge of like 
putting crayons out to whatever it was. And I just remember even as a child being there multiple days, it was like my safe place. And in mm-hmm. some sense, it was really my, my second home. Yeah. Um, fast forward. I always loved hanging out with kids. It's my one consistent thing. I always say, I, I think I tried to have like nine different careers, but in midst of like searching for a career every weekend, I was at church serving the kids. Um, Wherever I was li- living, I would find a church and I would get plugged in in kids ministry. So yeah, my high school pastor at that time found, saw something in me and he's like, do you want to be an intern? And so I started as an intern. Um, and then I got to be a director part-time, do bivocational for a really long time, <laughs> um, married my husband. He forced me to be his kids pastor at his <laughs> church. <laughs> which was amazing. Um, and then he worked at Biola at that time. And so he invited me to go to seminary and he really was the huge factor in believing me and my calling and my gifting. And so he kind of put his career on hold for me to pursue mine. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's how I got in. I didn't know that there was these things called like recruiters for kids ministers. Um, yep. that's how they found me got jobs. And then I've been in here since. And it's crazy to think this whole process has been 20 years for me. I feel, I feel ancient, but also <laughs> so grateful because I can't believe I get to do this. Yeah. Something that I love, you know, that's awesome. So where are you currently on staff? I am here at Mariners church, um, in beautiful sunny California. Oh my goodness. I think I'm like five minutes away from the beach. So we really can't complain. Yeah. Uh, we, we're so happy to be back because we are originally from SoCal. Um, and then funny fact is this church is where my husband used to go for like his sabbatical weekends. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Um, and so for him to be able to like call Mariners home, he's really, mm. really grateful too. That's sweet. Yeah. So talk to me about Mariners is a multi-site church. Do you oversee all of Mariners campuses or do you just oversee the big one in Irvine? So we, I like, you know, there's the dotted lines and the direct lines. The direct line is for the Mariners Irvine campuses. Okay. um, And then there's dotted lines to all the other campus kids ministry. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool because, I mean, just like any church plant, the main campus has like a huge influence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I have to tell my Mariners story. So my parents have attended Mariners for many, many years and love it. Um, and when we visited last Thanksgiving, I got to drop my kids off for the first time at your Sunday services at church. And not only was my daughter obsessed with the playground outside, but, um, she, they were so excited to be at a new church. And I feel like my daughter has a similar story to you where we are at church three times a week. And so church for her is home and she loved to see Mimi and grandpa's church. And so we were checking in the check-in team was so sweet and they walked us over to my son's toddler classroom and you had only one volunteer in that room. And now we showed up early because that's what we do. We show up early (laughs) because my mom likes to walk through the bookstore. And, (laughs) and so, uh, I was checking in my son and the one volunteer in there actually told me, she said, Hey, I'm by myself. Our other volunteers should be here in just a second, but I can't take your son until I have another volunteer in the classroom. And for me and my kids ministry heart and my mom heart, 
that was so encouraging to not only have your volunteers know the policy, but be confident enough to reinforce the policy with parents. And it took two seconds for someone from your volunteer team to rush in and jump in the classroom so that my son could start playing. And I actually had emailed your team that week and just encouraged you guys because I was so impressed with your volunteer team, how they knew the policy, how they enforced the policy, and just how they did it with such a kind heart um, was so great. So that's why partially I wanted you to jump on the podcast, talk about (laughs) volunteers and training and all of those things. Yeah. Thank you. It was so kind for you to send us that email because, um, you know, I think in any situations in ministry, nothing's ever perfect, Mm -hmm. right? Um, there's always issues. And so for you to highlight an area that we've been working on, it like really encouraged all of our staff's heart. Um, and it empowered us to kind of do more, inspired us to empower our volunteers even more. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I love to be the voice of encouragement because I feel like in kids ministry, the loudest voice is the negative voice. Yes. So anytime I can be a voice of encouragement and positivity, I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. So well, that's thank great. You. And if I knew you were coming, I would have been like, hey, let me go see. And see Next time. <laughs> Next time. We'll for sure be out there in the summer. But okay. yeah. Okay. So that brings me to my first question. We're going to kind of start from the beginning with volunteers. Um, and I know you've been in and around kids ministry, kids ministry for a long time. So I would love to know what is your favorite and most, most successful way to recruit volunteers and to invite people onto your volunteer teams? Yeah. I wish I had some magical way. Um, I know. Don't we all? <laughs> tried them all. We did the crazy notices from the stage. We've done the yes, say yes campaigns, all those things. It does work. I won't say Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Um, Social media videos, invites, emails, all that works. But at the end of the day, it's it's the one-on-one conversations. And what works is actually understanding their gifting. So Mm. for me, when I look or meet a person, not just a volunteer, um, um, you know, I, English is my second language. So I always had to figure out like a image <laughs> to like understand what was happening around me. So, yeah. um, when I meet a new potential volunteer or anybody, I always see like a raw rock and there's a diamond inside of every single person. Mm-hmm. And it's our job as leaders to like, number one, find that diamond inside of them. And then number two, like shine it. Right. So any volunteer or staff or whoever I'm trying to meet is genuinely understand like the deepest heart motivator. Um, And that to me has been probably my most successful way of recruiting volunteers, including Mm -hmm. staff. Um, I will say in my experience, I loved working with interns and people who wanted to be volunteers and then became staff because like you see their true heart's intention. Um, yep. So yeah, I would say it does take longer, but that worked the best because you want people on your team long time. And yeah. so any other way is very short. And sometimes we do need those masses like fall, like VBS and Easter coming. Like we need, you know, I was just talking to our team. Okay, we need 600 people. Let's go. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> you need 600 volunteers for Easter? Yes. Oh my do. gosh. <laughs> for that weekend. Um, 
And so in that time, in those moments, we have to do these like more fun strategies and yeah. create these videos. But we know if 600 doesn't get a conversation with us, we won't keep them. And not yeah. because both parties, anything's wrong. It's just, we don't even know each other's story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good, that's so encouraging what you said about if those people don't get a conversation with us, then they're not going to stick around. And I think that's really important for leaders to remember of like, Hey, even one conversation, it doesn't need to be lunch. It doesn't need to be coffee, but just a simple conversation to try and find that diamond. And I love that imagery of trying to find that diamond and then allow that diamond to shine. And I think that's such a good, I love that. That's such a good imagery. Um, So my next question is with all volunteers, there is this season of onboarding. So safety, security, background checks, training on curriculum for interviews, like there's a handful of steps before they can be on the schedule and be on a rotation. And a lot of volunteers often get stuck in the onboarding process. And kids ministry leaders are trying to rack their brains of how do I streamline this process and organize myself so that volunteers don't get stuck? Talk to us about how you guys at Mariners and even from previous experience bridge the gap between a volunteer saying yes and a volunteer actually serving in a classroom. Yeah, I'm so grateful that I I've had an honor of doing like business for six years. Mm. Um, That experience. So they call it like cold call or sales call, right? So if you haven't contacted them in the first 24 hours, you've already lost them. Mm. So I would say the longest we allow someone to not be contacted once they sign up would be 48 hours. Um, Just because like when someone's motivated, it's that motivation can go away fairly quickly if they Yeah met someone who's in same why inspired, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Especially for new people who are trying to figure out what areas that they want to serve in. Um, To answer the end question. So at Mariners, we have a huge, huge onboarding process, probably the most strictest and longest I've experienced in my Mm. ministry experience. Um, And it's a privilege because we get to minister to cities that are very vulnerable. And so once you go through our process, our onboarding process, you're clear to serve anywhere, including our outreach ministries. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. So it's the strictest at kids level, which meant to me when I came on here as staff and to lead it, it it's even harder than my past experiences for adults. And so um, I we had to figure out a way to get them through the onboarding the fastest. And the fastest way that we clear out whether they're staying or not is that getting in the room and doing what we call here at Mariners a test drive. Mm-hmm. In the past, I've called it observation. And so cold call first 48 hours. And you that week. Yeah. And you actually call them? We do. We call them, we email them, we text them. Um all of that in the first 48 hours. And mm-hmm. then within that week, our goal is within two weeks that they're in there for the test drive. So that okay. next weekend or the weekend after is that they're observing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have actually a dashboard called the pipeline and we put any volunteers who's interested and each person is in charge of making sure that happens, that process happens. Um, And that's all across Mariners, which is really encouraging so that the process is same for everyone. Um, Yeah. And, And then they systemize that. So then you get automatic emails if you're stuck on a certain 
you know, area of that pipeline. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say to depend on the system never, never works. It is inner, it's your inner drive to want to bring those people onto your team. And for me, my motivation is these people will, their faith will grow once they serve in kids ministry. Like Mm -hmm. whether you're in sixth grade or 12th grade, my faith grew because I was part of kids ministry my whole life. Yeah. Um, my my love for Jesus and his intimacy with me exponentially grew the moment I'm able to teach it. So Oh, yeah. Right? So to me my motivating factor isn't you come and help me. It's literally can I give you an opportunity to serve kids and get closer to Jesus? And so mm-hmm. I think when our motivations are pure too in some sense, it drives us to want to call all these yeah. people and make sure they're onboarded. Now we have the, I don't know, I'm so blessed that I get to work with staff and I motivate them. And we always say if 50% of your staff hours are not spent on doing this, like you need to stop the other part of that. So mm, we yeah. not only give you resources, tools, but then I clarify time-wise staffing hours, like 50% has to be spent on you onboarding volunteers. Wow. That's a big percentage. It's a huge percentage. And I, I mean, I cry sometimes because I, <laughs> you know, we want more of the other stuff. Right. But um, we also know as a team, this is our number one priority. So yeah, when you say, how does our volunteers know that it's because the team's calling, they're mm-hmm. emphasizing. Um, and we always say, try not to waste any minute of your texting or calls. So they go over the rules, every huddle, they go over the rules at every email. Yeah, um, And I think that's kind of helped too, is that we use the same lingo of safety constantly. I remind new volunteers before they even come into our staff or in our team during our volunteer orientation, those rules, right? Mm. Um, we go over it even at child dedications or yeah. classes, any moment we can have a conversation about the safety rules. Um, we talk about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's jump back a little bit. Cause I'm curious about this test drive Sunday. Okay. So if take, for example, if me, if me, if I wanted to come and serve at Mariners and I filled out the form, got in your pipeline, chatted with one of your team members and they were like, great, Lauren, we want you to come and do a test drive. What does that look like? What is that experience? Do I just stand there and watch the whole time? Do I get to participate? What does that test drive look like? Yeah, a test drive um, normally is you're paired either with a coach or a staff. Okay. And then you're observing the role that you're going in. So it depends on your like capacity, right? So if they've never, ever served before, it might be an observation. But if you've served in the past, then you're paired up with another volunteer. If you're like a superstar, they're like already known. They've already <laughs> read your curriculum before they even came to a test drive. They're like, we're like, okay, go, bye. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is they're learning the system. They're learning the rules. And I would say mm-hmm. my biggest goal for that test drive is that they they see the why behind yeah. it. So not the task, not what they're doing, but the children. Yeah. I think once they meet the children, if your motivation truly is to serve God and impact his next gen kingdom, like most people, if they meet the kids, that's when it all like all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it doesn't, then that's okay. You can serve in other areas like tech or guest services. Yeah. Um, that's more geared to that not being the right fit. But I would say our test drive goal is that they're hands on. So we would always try to pair them up 
like sitting with a kid in a group or um most of the time is pairing up them up with them with a small group leader so that they're able to experience what they would do when they're in there. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm assuming that they need like a background check or something before they can be at, at a test drive. So we are so grateful in that sense. And so it depends, um, it depends on the timing because we have our live scan people here every two to three weeks. So it depends. Oh, okay. We do background check and live scan. That's what I mean. Like Mariners is wow. very. Yeah. So it takes, it's a long process. So they could have gotten just live scan and not background. All okay. of it. But we do say, and we're very distinct. So anyone in the building, once 15 minutes begin at our um, campus is we make sure that they have a sticker or a lanyard to be in the building. And we're so grateful. We have an incredible security team that watches. Um, And so same thing with test drives. They can't be in the building without that sticker and it's a distinct sticker. So they're not a volunteer that's fully onboarded. So you can distinguish whether or not they're allowed to take people to the bathroom. Mm, You know, they're not allowed to change diapers, even if they finished all that. It's a distinctive that says they haven't been fully onboarded. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really great. I love the distinction piece of it, of allowing staff and lead volunteers and fellow volunteers to say, oh, so-and-so is still on a test. Is there participating in a test drive? So it's. I just think it's helpful. And with your security team, I bet that's helpful too. Yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes you talked about, so we were able to research our data and about 50% gets stuck on the onboarding price process. Wow. 50%. Yeah. Oh my 50% goodness. 50% get stuck. So sometimes you see the test drive sticker for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you're like, and they're still stuck. Yeah. Right. And we're waiting on you to do this. Yeah. Uh, do you host volunteer orientation in person? Every weekend. Okay. I think I noticed that from social media. So you host a volunteer orientation every Sunday. When do you host it? Yeah, we do it during service every Saturday and Sunday. During every service? No, just um, oh, one I on was Saturday, like... one on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And so what so, does your orientation look like? Is it just like a, here's about Mariner's kids or talk to me yeah. about what that looks like? Absolutely. So we go over our values. I over always go over the why. We ask why they want to serve. Um, and then I tell them my story or mm-hmm. whoever's leading it, their story. We go over some of the distinctives, but more than the roles, I try to even in that moment do a short interview. So, you know, on your onboarding process, it's like an interview process. That's mm-hmm. one of those things. I try to maximize that so I can see and gauge where people are at at the orientation right away. Cause it makes test drive and them selecting the roles a lot faster for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we go over our mission, we go over our why we go over our roles. Um, and a huge portion, I would say about 50% of that orientation is safety. So at mm-hmm. Mariners, we focus on like four big things is safety, fun, relationships. And then we say Jesus. So like all of that has to involve Jesus. So those four things yeah. are what we focus most in that orientation. And a huge one that I love is we do a tour. And so anything oh, that's that I actually talked about in the orientation, you view it as you're walking. So that's when it really like, you know, the whole thing, the yep. purpose of the test drive is you want them to see the kids. 
So I walked them through the safety procedures, how they would get the test drive stickers, how they would get a guest sticker so that they're even seeing the security team. So all that kind of rules that hopefully all the volunteers know, whether they join the team or not, they're helping me spread that news to the entire church. Yeah. You know, um, because that rule is very clear from the beginning, whether they're on our team or not. That's awesome. I think that volunteer orientation is so important. And I feel like at one of my previous roles, I tried to have a volunteer orientation every month because it was, I didn't have a robust team of people who could lead it, but, and I didn't have, I didn't need as many volunteers as Mariners did or does, but I think it's so important to have that be in front of your people's faces and not say, okay, our next volunteer orientation is in six months, or we just had one. So we won't have one for another few months, but be able to say, no, they happen every week and you can jump in at any point or they happen every month. And here's when it is. And we want you to be here. And, and so I think that's a really easy way to keep the door open instead of saying, okay, well, I'm so sorry. You have to wait before you can serve. It's like, no, jump in. We're ready for you. We're happy to have you. And I love that. I think that's so fun. And I think you, that's a really easy way to empower other leaders. Yep. Because I'm sure you don't lead every single one every single weekend. I don't want to. Yeah. And <laughs> like you have other things. things that you need to do. And so does your team. And so to to empower leaders to say, hey, you're one of our leader of leaders. Yep. You could lead this meeting and let's give you space to lead in a different capacity. And I think that is a really sweet way to do that. Yeah, it really is. I know that's something for sure. It was hard when my team was smaller or the team was just me. That gets so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But like when you're hoping 50% of your time is spent on volunteers, then you could even do that on a non-Sunday, like Sunday afternoon or Sunday before service um, on a Wednesday night right? That the phone call with that one person, it can be an orientation per se. Right. Um, and yeah, it doesn't have to always be during service like us. Yeah. Cause how many volunteers do you get on average a week in volunteer orientation? Yeah. It averages from, you know, se- like sometimes the whole weekend we can have seven and then sometimes 30. So wow. Yeah. Sometimes it kind of varies. Orientations are one person. And I'm so grateful that like I have this one-on-one time with this person. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's massive. And those t- times usually is after like an expo or one of those big ones that we do as a church together. Yeah. But yeah, majority of the time it's not as big. That's awesome. Okay. Moving on talking about, we talked a little bit about training and the onboarding process, but sometimes, and what I like to say is volunteers tend to have just a little bit of amnesia with the policies. Like it's as a kids ministry leader, you live and breathe the mission, vision, values, and policies of your ministry. You talk about them every day. You're thinking about them every day. This is your job. For volunteers, this is not their job. They leave on Sunday and they have a bajillion other things to do throughout the week. And when they get to serving the next Sunday or even two weeks from now, they have forgotten. It's not at the forefront of their mind. And so how do you and you, how do you and your team really keep the mission, vision, and values at the forefront so that they don't forget? They don't forget the bathroom policy and the why behind the what and all these different policies that we create to make sure that our buildings are safe. Yeah. I think 
because I have three kids and I'm a parent, <laughs> like I'm a little bit obsessed about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have experiences with parents with trauma from people being laxed. I think also too, I'm a, I love news. Like that's my, it's so, I love news and murder mysteries <laughs> to watch on my Which is probably time. not the best thing. <laughs> I know, which is it? But I think for my job, it makes me a little bit crazy in that yeah. sense. Oh, yeah. Obsessed about the safety. So as a leader, if you're passionate about these things, naturally your conversation is geared towards that. So mm-hmm. every weekend we're talking about that. Every staff re- review, we're kind of like, how do we make things more secure? And then it makes our volunteers kind of care about that, which then trickles down to parents caring about that. So mm-hmm. this two weekends, so we're under construction, our building. And so we're having to move things around a lot. Um, And a parent came up to me and said, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful you guys made the changes. You're week three. So like, don't even worry if you can't get it right the first time. By week three, we kind of figured out the checkout system. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But I love that a parent came up to us because they see that we're trying. They see Mm -hmm. that we're genuinely wanting to do these things. It just takes time to sometimes trickle down and figure it out too. So yeah, it is something we constantly, maybe I just constantly talk about. And I know sometimes it makes people a little bit like, why do you care so much about ratios? And yeah, just let it be Catherine. Uh, Like I'll hear that a lot. Just, (laughs) just go. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I, I, in that sense, as kids leaders, we, we get to advocate for kids safety, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it might never happen. They say like something terrible happening in a church is less than 4%. Right. Right. But to me, that 4%, I never, ever wanted to happen. I think under my care. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that all the time, not out of fear, but like, right. It it is something to talk about, um, care about. And I would just say it's in the forefront, like safety. Yeah. 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 What does this practically look like? Do you go classroom to classroom and remind volunteers? Do you say one thing at every volunteer huddle? What does this practically look like for you and your team? Yeah, I do. I walk around constantly. Um, I'm in the building all the time. I'm in the rooms all the time. Um, In that sense, I really am passionate about that. Um, Like this past weekend, you know, just had to remind of a, a parent who came into our building to use the restrooms. Like, I'm sorry, this building is lo- locked down. You're not allowed in here. Please walk yeah. across your campus. So things like that is just constant reminders. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying it in the most gracious way, sometimes they don't, they're like, really, you're going to make me walk? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But being, being confident in that that policy, I think yeah. what happens is it, the moment we become lax and then create excuses for people, then the policy isn't honored. And then mm-hmm. that culture trickles too. So I would say whatever you choose in terms of your priorities, be confident and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what's nice about that certain situation that you had with a parent is if they were to send an email to your supervisor they would say the same thing that you said. They would yeah. say, hey, we value safety at this church. And that means that you walk across the campus and you go find another bathroom. And I think that's key to enforcing these policies is making sure that not just the kids team is up to date. And that's what it's it. 
that's what you keep reiterating as you're talking about your onboarding process is saying, no, our entire church is on board with making safety a priority and making sure that all of our volunteers have gone through an onboarding process and that all of our volunteers are trying, uh, we're trying really hard to make sure they don't get stuck in the process. And so I think that when you're talking about continuing to keep mission, vision, values, and policies in front of your team, it's reinforced from every staff member. You're not the only one who's saying, don't do this or remember this, or let's keep this this way. It's no, you have the support and encouragement from your entire team behind you, which I think is really important to for kids ministry leaders to remember to say, no, let people in, let people know what your policies are so that everyone can champion the safety of the kids. And I think that's really sweet. That is so good. That is, yeah, you can't do ministry alone ever. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and I am so grateful being onboarded to be able to have those kind of support. Um, but I will say it's, I think one thing I have to tell myself too, as a minister, like we think at a certain point, we can stop caring about these things. Right. You can't, like it's Mm -mm. every weekend. Like you said, like I can create these systems and still people have amnesia, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It is constantly reminding people. Yeah. Yeah. It's still things like, oh, the door, like we can't forget to close the door. Like it's, it's just all of those little things that we as kids ministry leaders have to remember and have to remind people and and bring people in and just know, like, remember the why behind the what of like, hey, we want this place to be a safe place for kids. And we want to be a trusted space for parents. And so that's good. Okay. Uh, moving on to something a little bit more fun. <laughs> not that security and safety is not fun, but <laughs> you just had a huge volunteer rally celebration. And so my last question about volunteers for you is, we can't forget to celebrate our teams. That's key to thanking them, encouraging them, and just allowing us to, as leaders to remember that, hey, these are people and serving takes effort and time and sacrifice. And we want to make sure that they feel loved and known and cared for. So talk to me about how you celebrate your team. Yeah. Oh, man. It's an area I... I admit we were, I wish we were better at, I wish I was better at constantly just because I want everyone to know how precious like of a stone they are truly the diamond that they are. Um, but recently we did this like all church rally, brilliant idea by our incredible, uh, mobilization team. And we got to celebrate and award each value of our church. And we brought in all of our congregations too. And so we nominated people. The cool thing about that is out of the um, eight awards, three were kids ministry leaders. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I everyone, know. did you like submit? You're like, hey, here are my people that I think we should honor. Like, how did you pick award winners? Yeah. Each congregation got to have an award. And so, okay. Like, it wasn't like everybody, but each congregation, at least for this one, we got to pick an, a, an award. So our campus got to have a couple of the values of our church. And that's okay. That, Mariners does so well, even in our staff meetings. Oh my goodness. We talk about our values. So no one's unclear. They're very intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do the same thing with our volunteers and we do the same thing with our children, right? Including our kids ministry. We just did a fourth and fifth grade junior leadership class and we talk about our values. Yeah. We talk about our missions, even with them. So um, we got to highlight, we gave them like full on awards and talked about their and how they fit into that value. 
Um, and then we got to just celebrate, uh, put on a huge dancing party afterwards together, <laughs> feed them some popcorn, had an incredible message by Eric. And it was like short and sweet and fun. And I think yeah. that's, that was the intention behind that rally was really just pure celebrating. Mm-hmm. The fun thing about that too, is because we all did it together as a church. Um, we all got to use our resources because everyone's busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got to do that together. So that That's was really so fun. fun. Yeah. As far as what do we do consistently? Um, something that our team does really well is they write notes to our leaders, mm-hmm. um, like handwritten notes, I think is something that is just, just honored in terms of time. Um, you know, for like Valentine's day, we try to decorate our leader lounge, a, a huge thank you of is we try to provide coffee every morning and snacks. <laughs> I know like anywhere that has coffee and food for me, I feel very honored. Right? Yes. So like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Bring the food and coffee. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Um, and so, you know, when you're adjusting your budget to uh, in kids ministry, how do you love your volunteers? I would say majority of our budget is always spent on kids and volunteers. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What fun. I know. Right. Handwritten notes, I feel like it's a, it's a surprise. Most people don't expect it, but then you're like, oh, this isn't, this came in the mail and this is so sweet. And it's like such a simple surprise that could really make somebody's day. And I feel like that simple act of kindness just goes a long way for encouragement. So they think that's really fun. Okay. The last question we always ask on the podcast is, if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, what would be your words of advice or encouragement? Yeah. Oh man. If I can say something to someone brand new in kids ministry, number one, like don't be afraid of the hard work. Mm. I would say the story you tell yourself, like this is too hard. Um, Fight that fight in your inner self to say, okay, it it is, it is really hard, right? Yeah. Like the, the enemy is working hard to take our next generation kids. Like mm-hmm. our generation alpha kids is a whole different culture that they've lived than even when you, we were growing up. So, mm-hmm. um, for kids ministry leaders, you have a high calling. It's going to be hard work. I think when you're preparing for war or if you're preparing for a game, like you work out because yeah. you know it's gonna be hard. Like if you're gonna climb Mount Everest, you're not sitting there like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> right? Even though that's what I want to do every day is not work out and just go hey, 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 and be off it. Um, so I would say, like, prepare your mind, mm-hmm. the story that you tell yourself really well. Yeah, and pick small goals. Like, I think when I was starting off too, like I wanted these big dreams. I'm gonna be the I'm going to do every single thing that I see in, in kids ministry podcast, yeah. every single thing that I see Mariners doing, or I'm going to, you know, like, I think I had that kind of desire and dreams and want, and I think big and I wanted all those things like right away, mm-hmm. but the small goals of consistency will lead to those big dreams happening. Yeah. Mm, that's so encouraging. That's awesome. Well, Thank Catherine, <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad this conversation, I feel like it's going to be so helpful and encouraging for volunteers and leaders and all 
of the teams that make Sundays happen. So I'm so grateful for you. If people want to follow what you are doing at Mariners, where can they go? Yeah, they can follow us at Mariner Kids um, on Instagram, I think, we, and on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, and then if you ever want to talk to me, it's Catherine Wong at Catherine Wong. Yeah. Great. We will uh, link those things in the Friends, show notes. Didn't so you love all the things them. that Catherine had yeah, to share? Thank you so I much. I loved the way that no she problem. talked about her onboarding yes, process. Thank you. The way that oh, she does volunteer orientation leaders, every single they Sunday. And the how their church thing. stands behind the way that they onboard every single volunteer. And that matters. And we can't leave out that incredible analogy that Catherine shared about how they view their volunteers, each with a special diamond that deserves to shine so bright for God's kingdom. And it's true. We have the opportunity to let our volunteers shine by giving them opportunities for them to use their gifts, whether that's on Sunday morning, throughout the week, and in any ministry at your church. I hope that you were able to take away some practical steps to help you recruit, train, and celebrate your teams. If you love this conversation, don't forget to pass it along and share it with a friend in ministry and leave us a rating and review on our podcast so that other leaders can find it. If you would like to keep the conversation going, you can head over to our Instagram and Facebook pages at Kids Ministry Circle. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.